Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Balanced Birth and Beyond podcast. I'm Olivia, your host, and on this podcast, we will talk about everything related to the journey to conceive, pregnancy, labor, birth, postpartum, parenthood, and beyond. This is a safe space where birth professionals, birthing people, expected parents, and partners can come on and share their knowledge or personal experiences with our listeners. The goal of this podcast is to create connections, share stories, information, and resources to educate and empower people in their own personal journey. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Healthy Balance Birth and Beyond podcast. This week, I have one of my awesome mama friends on with us today. Her name is Allie. Um, She and I connected actually at the Well Summit in Boston a couple years ago, and then we became friends from there. Um, She has two boys of her own. She is an acupuncturist, an herbalist, and she just has so much information and resources in terms of things that can help you try to conceive, things that can help your body during pregnancy, and things that can help your body during the postpartum. So, Allie, would you like to introduce yourself to everyone today? Hi, Olivia. Thanks so much for having me on. So, as Olivia said, I... um, I'm an acupuncturist. I've had my own clinic for a little over four years now in Back Bay called Yin Tuition. And before that, I worked for another acupuncturist, but I really felt called to open my own so that I could specialize in women's health. And um, I came to acupuncture really early, actually. I grew up getting acupuncture as early as seven years old. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, so I was treated for asthma and immune deficiency as a kid and um, found that that way of healing the body really resonated with me. And from time to time, I'd go back to it, but it really became an important part of my life when I was experiencing a lot of bizarre symptoms that nobody could explain. I had um, migraines and tension headaches, um, dizziness, and like fainting spells, I would lose feeling in my arm. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so really strange things. And ultimately, I was um, I went through a lot of battery of testing, and they thought perhaps it might be MS. That was the closest they had to a diagnosis for me. And we monitored um, the my brain actually for a couple of years, and nothing changed. And at the same time, I was seeing an acupuncturist who talked me through lifestyle and diet change, and I was treated weekly, and all these symptoms started to resolve on their own, wow. and we suspected that it had a lot to do with lifestyle and particularly stress management. Okay. And, um, I mean, what I discovered from this whole experience is that stress has an amazing effect on the body in so many different systems, and you, there's no clear way that it will affect your body. It could be neurological, it could be hormonal. Um, And so I got into the work that I do now because of my fascination with how stress affects the body in these myriad ways. Um, And one of the ways that I found that it has an effect that was really interesting to me was on the hormonal system. How another thing that happened to me during that time, in addition to the neurological um, symptoms, was hormonal symptoms. I wasn't getting my period, um, you know, that kind of stuff that I knew something was amiss. You know, a lot of people are like, what a joy. I don't have to deal with a period month to month. But, uh, I have found that I think our period is such a blessing because it's 
full of so much information and that's what I love. I love talking about it. I want to know all the details of mm-hmm. it in our uh, consultations with my patients because it's such a wealth of knowledge and a better way to understand your own body and how it's working. And when you don't have that going for you, if you've, you've got amenorrhea where you're not getting your period or a lot of other issues um, with your hormones, that's so much information that we can use to get to the bottom of what's going on in your body. Yeah. So one thing that while listening to you talk, I was thinking about, I had similar things when I was younger. I used to get crazy tension headaches and migraines and that sort of thing. And my family members were like, oh, it runs in the family. Like, it's just normal. Like, just take some Advil and drink some tea and it'll go away. And that never worked for me. And I feel like one of the things that's so important is to talk about, like, looking at what the root cause of the problem is and trying to heal it holistically. Um, And then also what you said about our cycles and our periods. I feel like part of why people aren't into talking about it, I think now there's a much more open, flowing conversation about it than there used to (laughs) be. But um, I feel like people were kind of – like women were shamed for having their cycles and their periods and for bleeding. And, um, I mean, growing up, I never had a conversation about this is what your cycle is like. This is how long it's going to last. This is when your next one's going to come. It was never like that. It was like, oh, you're having these symptoms. Let's put you on birth control so you don't have to deal with these symptoms anymore. So – I'm. I know. It's so much about – I mean, in our society, we have – like you said, the shame about it and think historically how women were put in like a different building or like in a tent, you know, talking red tent, which is a great book by the way, (laughs) but like they were, um, kind of eliminated from society for that short period of time. And I, I do love that there's so much, um, biotech right now around, uh, our periods and our menstrual health. And there's just, a better awareness and it's sort of like we're reclaiming it and rebranding it. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, yeah, I think, I think the other thing too, like I was saying, people don't really, they didn't want to talk about these things because they felt shamed or embarrassed. And now everybody is really starting to talk about them. So I feel like part of that's going away and society is being like, yeah, why, why haven't we talked about these things? Why have they just been behind doors and nobody's talking about them when they're so important to, pretty much every aspect of our health, <laughs> um, especially yeah. when you're getting ready to getting your body ready to have a baby. Um, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And so and then getting it back, you know, we want to get that back postpartum, maybe not too soon, but uh, you know, people are like, I can't believe it's been six weeks and I have my period again, but certainly um, even postpartum, that's a really important part of, or an, an indication to us that we are reestablishing hormone balance. Right. And it's not always as simple as getting your period and your cycle rebalances. Right. So there's a lot of work we do postpartum um, with that information. Yeah. Um, so did you want to jump into talking about, I mean, just the, maybe just the benefits of acupuncture in general. Um, and then sure. from, and then from there we can start talking about how it can help you when you're trying to conceive. Yeah. Okay. So the analogy I like to use for how acupuncture works, there's a lot of different theories and ways of seeing acupuncture's ability to sort of um, support our bodies or regulate our bodies. But I think my favorite way of visualizing it is 
thinking about these acupuncture points throughout the body like um, thermostats mm-hmm. that help to regulate, just like a thermostat in your house helps to regulate the environment in that given space, the acupressure points or acupuncture points are used to regulate the systems of the body. Okay. So it's, you know, it's for the acupuncturist to know which systems are out of balance or which ones need regulating and which points are the appropriate points to use to help rebalance or regulate those systems. Um, from a local perspective, like for instance, with fertility, we do a lot of abdominal points and there's a, a local effect that each point is like a, um, a micro injury that we, when we insert a needle, it creates a micro injury that draws blood to that area and attention um, from a neurological perspective. So you're just bringing more resources and calling the body to bring more resource, resources to that area. Okay. So with fertility, we'll use a lot of lower abdominal points to bring blood to the ovaries and to the uterus. Bringing those resources to the ovaries helps to support follicular development and also help regulate our cycles because the ovaries are such an important um, hormone center. And then we bring blood to the ovary or to the um, uterus so that we can create a really beautiful, thick, lush lining okay. for implantation as well. I'm- so, yeah, so we have the local and then we have a, a more systemic action of supporting full body hormone balance. Yeah. And I, I love the way that you described it um, and basically explained it because I feel like a lot of the time when people are talking about going to get acupuncture, they're like, oh, this is bothering me. So I'm just going to go get acupuncture and it'll, they don't really know exactly what it, the point of it and the different yeah. um, acupressure points and why you're utilizing them. Um, so is there a specific way, I was thinking of this question when you were talking about it, that how do you know that certain things are imbalanced? Can you just tell by feeling them or is there something else that you have to do? Okay, so as an acupuncturist, what I observe, yes. So in a consultation, we will go through your whole health history, which gives us indications of what's out of balance or what is in good balance. So we'll ask questions about your cycle. We wanna know the color of the bleeding, how many days do you have, is there clotting? Um, do you have any PMS symptoms? Uh, let's see. I also want to know about your sleep. I want to know about your digestion and your bowel movements. I want to know um, what sort of, like, how you would describe your mood. Do you tend towards restlessness or irritability? Are you more prone to sadness? Those all tell me which systems are out of balance, to what degree, and um if there's any interaction between these systems and what needs to become aligned in order for you to get into better health and get to the goals that you have for yourself. Okay. So you basically do like a health history so you know what their diet is, what their lifestyle's like, their emotions, their moods, all of that in order to figure right. it out. And then, and then there are two other things that we do from a Chinese perspective that you're unlikely to get from any other healthcare provider, and that's uh, tongue diagnosis and pulse diagnosis. So in a consultation, after we've discussed all of those um, topics of your health history, then we're going to take a pulse, which um, will tell us about the different state or the state of different um, systems of the body. 
So it's not when I put my hands on somebody's wrists, I'm not just checking for how fast their you know their heart rate is or something like that. I want each each of my fingers that is put on the wrist tells me about each of the different systems. And then your overall strength of the pulse too. Okay. Um, and then the other thing that we look at is the tongue. And the tongue is like a map of your body. And so different parts of the tongue tell us different things about the organ system. So for instance, um, as an example, the tip of the tongue represents the heart. Mm-hmm. And the heart is our, sort of our emotional center and, um, and our thought and our mind. So I will often see people with a red tip or a brighter tip of the tongue. I call that the restless tongue. Um, and usually people, when I see that on somebody's tongue, they really resonate with that. They're like, oh, yeah, you got me. I'm an overthinker. I have trouble falling asleep. Mm-hmm. I'm up all night thinking, that kind of thing. Now I want to go look at my tongue. <laughs> I know. There's a lot to, that the tongue tells you. And it's another funny thing. I always felt like I could never lie to my acupuncturist about what I'd been up to or what I'd been eating because the tongue tells you everything. Right. So a patient comes in, they're like, oh, no. I have to tell you ahead of time, I had ice cream because it's going to show on the tongue. So um, so the tongue will tell you different things about the systems of the body. And uh, for instance, when I'm looking at a tongue, I'm looking at the color, the mm-hmm. shape, what the coat looks like, and if there's cracking or scalloping like um, Around on the, the sides of the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I feel like we could even have another conversation about like tongue scraping and all of those things that, yes, that that's help another with thing. it too. I ask people not to scrape for a couple of days so that I can get a real or honest representation of their tongue. That's so cool. So, cause yeah. I mean, for me, I come from a very medicalized family on both sides, myself and my husband's. Um, whereas I'm more holistic and I learned that because like what I was saying before, when I was younger, I was having all of these issues, whether it was migraines, weight gain, mood, whatever. Um, so I switched over, like I changed my lifestyle, I changed my diet and I did all of these things and they went away. Um, so I'm always looking to figure out like what the root cause of the problem is. And I think more people are starting to realize the importance of that, but we also live in a society that's so quick to be like, oh, well we can just do a surgery or we could, here's just like a pill to throw at it. So more of a bandaid kind of mindset. Um, but I feel like with, when it comes to fertility, it's so important to look at all these different things. But if you have not had a conversation about, why you should be looking at these things. People just go into it blindly and they have no idea. And then they can be trying to conceive and trying to conceive and trying to conceive and they're, they're, it's not happening for them. And then they fall into, they can fall into a depression or a frustration and issues within their relationship. Um, and I feel like it's so important to talk about how you can help your body get ready for that. So Um, could you share a couple of things that you talk to your clients about or do with your clients, um, that maybe could help some people who are listening, who might be on their own trying to conceive journey right now? Yes. So anytime somebody comes in, we talk about lifestyle and diet, you know, for instance, we want to identify and eliminate sources of stress to as much as we can. I completely understand that maybe somebody's work is a source of stress for right. them and that's not going to change. Right. Um, and so we identify those sources of stress and we identify the ones that can be eliminated. 
like maybe you have some really um, sort of discouraging family or friends right. that you need to distance yourself from. Mm -hmm. Or um, the other thing is sources of toxins in our lives. So we could talk, we, that could be stress. Those could be people. Those could be um, environmental toxins. Oh so gosh, yes. maybe changing out some of your beauty products or identifying the source of your food mm -hmm. and being more mindful about what's going into your food. And that means what's going into your body. Right. We talk about all of that. Uh, we talk about lifestyle activities that you can either change or add mm -hmm. because we want to balance out the the stress and that kind of stuff. So, for instance, if there are sources of stress that can't be eliminated, then we need to add something to balance that. Okay. So adding a meditation practice or a visualization practice. Um, or yoga. And then something. exercise. Yeah, exercise is not always increase exercise. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we need to discuss appropriate exercise for that person. If they are sort of a sluggish quality uh, or type, we you know we have sort of different types that we um, categorize people in so that we can get right to what they need specifically. Mm -hmm. So what let's say we have a, a tired type, someone who's already depleted. So high intensity exercise is not appropriate for them, mm -hmm. but maybe yoga is or just going for walks and then knowing what time in the phase that's more appropriate than others. Yeah. For instance, the first couple of days of your period, I don't want you doing anything but resting, mm -hmm. maybe walking a little bit because you want to keep chi and blood moving mm -hmm. while your blood is moving. But um, high intensity exercise is out in, in terms of my programs. Yeah. And then as you get closer to a more dynamic and active time in the cycle around ovulation, that would be an appropriate time to amp up your exercise. Okay. So we talk about the, not just what to eat and what to do, but the appropriate time to do those things. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like part of the issue too, is that if you're not looking at what your, what you feel like, what your body type is, like what, you, not your body type, excuse me, but what your mood is, like you were saying, like if you feel sluggish, if you feel tired all the time, or if you have a lot of energy all the time, I mean, those figuring out which workouts will work best for you. I feel like a lot of people don't really talk about that. They're just like, oh, well, I need to do this workout because I need to do something that's fast and quick um, and everybody else is doing it, so I should be doing it. But I feel like yeah. slowing down and realizing maybe your body specifically needs to do something a little bit slower or you need to rest right now. That's the other thing. I feel like people don't rest enough. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I, I think especially with fertility, people – feel like they've got to go all in. And I really admire that. But sometimes, you know, there's this quote going around right now in particular that mm -hmm. um, you don't always have to be doing something for it to be um, productive. Productive for you. Exactly. Yeah. Rest is very productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I it was... makes you more efficient and more productive later. Yeah. So there... we need to prioritize that too. There was this little... I don't know if it was like a meme going around where it, it was like a little graph that just showed what you think you need to do in order to reach what your goals are. And it was one showed just work hard the whole time. The circle, the graph showed the working hard the whole time. The other one showed taking a break, resting, looking at your resources, coming back. And it was just what really will help you get to that point instead of just reaching the point of burnout. Um, so I'm glad that you talked about that because I feel like that's another thing that's not talked about enough is the importance of rest and giving your body that time to heal and 
balance things essentially. Yeah. I think one of the most important things that I teach or um, encourage becoming more aware of in my practice, whether that's for someone trying to conceive or someone who's pregnant or who's postpartum is being more mindful of the messages your body is sending. Mm -hmm. Really tap into your body is giving you feedback throughout your day. It's just a matter of how much we're listening to and we are heeding those warnings. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times we'll feel tired and we just think I've got to push through. I've got things to do. Mm -hmm. But that is your first indication that you've got to slow down. And if you don't, then it's going to make the message louder or a more intense symptom. Like the next thing, if you haven't listened to the fatigue, it's going to give you a headache or it's going to give you uh, insomnia because you've gone too long ignoring that. And so now it's keeping you up when you should be resting. It's thrown everything off. So um, you got to listen to the early signs. I think, I hope that people in pregnancy, because those, those um, messages can be so loud, Mm -hmm. you know, like the fatigue, for instance, that people really heed that warning. Yeah. Um, And I find that to be true with women in pregnancy. It's almost that pregnancy gives people um, the permission to listen to those things. Yeah. Well, I was having a conversation literally yesterday about the fact that, I mean, amongst what's going on right now in our world and the craziness and that everybody is home right now, um, it's making, it's made me think about the fact, which I've always tried to be mindful of, of when you're sick and when you're not feeling well, you should be home resting and taking care of yourself and not going out and pushing yourself to do more and do more and do more. Um, and then that also ties into when women are pregnant, they're like, oh, well, I'm pregnant right now before I know it, I'm going to have a baby and I'm not going to be able to do all these things or my life's going to change. So I have to keep pushing through and doing these things and doing these things and doing these things. And then I also feel like there's another aspect where people don't realize how much how much of your internal resources that it takes to be pregnant because you are literally growing a human and your body is going through all of these changes. So I think our society as a whole could really benefit from slowing down and listening to our bodies and paying attention to what they're saying. Um, because I feel like it could avoid a lot of burnout. It could avoid, avoid, excuse me, avoid a lot of stress and just sickness overall. Yeah. And speaking of um, the importance of rest and pregnancy, I don't think people also appreciate that each time the way that we behave in a certain phase of our life affects the future phases of our life. So if we're running around like crazy and then we get pregnant, we're likely to have more symptoms in pregnancy because we're starting from a place of deficiency or Mm -hmm. depletion. Okay. And if you push so hard through your pregnancy because I've got to get this stuff done before the baby arrives, you end up in a place of depletion in postpartum that's harder to come out of. To, yeah, to get to get back to balance, I guess, right? Yeah. And I find that people who are eager to jump back into life as usual, they want to get back in the gym uh, after the baby arrives, mm-hmm. those people find that they have more difficulty or more challenge um, getting their cycle back to a regular cycle right. or even I find I see it down the road for um, po- um, perimenopause that people who have really been on that 
treadmill for a long time, the go, go, go. I got right back to work after my babies were born. We'll experience more intense symptoms because oh, wow. they've depleted from a Chinese perspective. That's a indication that your kidney yin, which is that nourishing, hydrating, fluid um, aspect of the yin and yang in our body, has been burnt out. And if you're running on the treadmill all the time, and it's yin that we need to hold on to in um, as we age. The faster that depletes, the more you're going to notice hot flashes and um, night sweats, insomnia in in perimenopause. Gotcha. It's so it's just it's so crazy to me that all of these things tie in together, and I genuinely have not I've learned so much from being pregnant and in the postpartum period myself that I never knew prior um and so that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on to share these things is because you have so much knowledge to offer people and I want to send literally like everybody to you (laughs) just (laughs) so you can help them because you it's so clear you have had so many clients who you have helped whether it's trying to conceive or just rest during pregnancy or healing and rest during postpartum. Um, would you mind talking about some of the points that you, I mean, I don't know if it's probably different with every client you see, which points you use for them, depending on what their bodies need. Um, but would you mind talking about some of the, I guess the points you see the most that would, that, um, people are looking to heal and or balance when they're pregnant? Yeah. So for pregnancy, Um, So I've been working on a program to bring to women who want to get more information about acupressure and taking care of themselves at home. And so I've been recording a lot of these acupressure demo videos, and I'm recognizing the points more than ever that we use frequently in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So pericardium 6, which is found on the wrist, um, is one of the best points for pregnancy because it can hit so many of the main complaints in pregnancy. It's great for nausea. It's great for anxiety. It's great for regulating digestion. Okay. Um, so, you know, it hits anxiety, insomnia, um, morning sickness, constipation, heartburn, wow. you know, so many of the complaints that we have in pregnancy. Um, and that, that point, I feel like I, you know, showed up in maybe 75 to 80% of the videos. Um, another one is stomach 36 and that's found on the upper leg. Okay. You can always, you know what? I can share a couple of these. Um, if you have a link to go with the oh, yeah. podcast or Absolutely. something like that. Yep. We can share them in the um, show notes so that people can get a visual and stomach 36 is one of the best points for general well being. It regulates digestion again. So it's helpful for all those complaints in pregnancy, the nausea, the vomiting, constipation, heartburn. Mm-hmm. Um, it also helps to build chi and blood in the body. Those are resources that easily become depleted uh, because you're now diverting a lot of that energy to your baby right. at your own expense. So we need to make sure that that stays in good supply by continuing to build it, chi and blood, so that not only is your baby getting what it needs, which it always does in pregnancy, but you too, because I find that if you are not getting enough of the resources, your baby's fine, but you will be the one that suffers in pregnancy. I was going to say. So making sure you're supported too. That's a great point for you and for energy, right? Because so many of us experience 
fatigue or even exhaustion at a, a higher level than fatigue yeah. um, in pregnancy. So stomach 36 is great for that. And then um, I'll just give you one more. Mm-hmm. I like GV20 is a really simple one. It's at the top of the head. Okay. And it's just like if you were looking straight ahead and you um, had a, a line to pull from the top of your head upward, that's the point, GV20. So, so right in the and middle I, of the top of your head, essentially. Exactly. Okay. Yep. And it's in line with the tip of your ears. Okay. At the top of your and that point has a lifting effect on the yang, the um, like the very active dynamic aspect of your body. Okay. And so that has a lifting effect, which stabilizes a pregnancy. It also is a point that I will use a lot in treating placenta previa. Okay. Because it because of its lifting effect, so it's bringing the placenta off of up and away and off of the cervical os or the opening. Yeah. Would you mind explaining to the guests what placenta previa is just in case people don't know? Yeah. So that's a condition and it's pretty common in pregnancy um, where the the placenta lies and covers the cervix mm-hmm. or the cervical opening. It can either be covering it completely or it can just be touching part of the opening. But if that occurs in your pregnancy and it doesn't resolve, you'll likely have to have a C-section because it's not safe. It can cause um, hemorrhaging to have a vaginal delivery if it's a possibility at all. If it's covered, there's no possibility of having a vaginal delivery. Right, because baby can't come down and out. Right, because, right, that's the, the cervix is where it will eventually open and allow the baby to come through. Yes. Um, So... I use I had placenta previa in my second pregnancy, so I was using that point daily, um, just with acupressure, holding, oh, okay. pressing, and I like to visualize lifting up with my finger, so holding my finger to that point and then lifting up as if I have a string connecting, like almost a yo-yo string, yeah, connecting to that point and then pulling up. Yeah, and I um, think another thing that would be helpful at, at the end, we'll share. Um, a link so people can see these videos that you have. And then also I'm going to include where where everybody can find you, your information for people to reach out because you recently have posted a few videos on your Instagram that have been talking about the different points. So I think that those would be very helpful for people too. Definitely. Yeah. So, and the program that I've been developing and should be released any day is um, all of those points with all the information that I'm telling you now about for each of the points used and I break up each of the um, the programs broken into modules for different common conditions so you've got a module on morning sickness one on constipation heartburn low back pain sciatica okay pelvic pain and pubic symphysis um, anxiety and insomnia and then each of those modules has a video to demonstrate the acupressure points I would use it has a handout with all of those um, points, their function, their location, mm-hmm. and it has guidance for lifestyle and diet for each of those conditions. Okay. I mean, this program sounds amazing, and I can't wait for it to come out because I'm yes. absolutely going to be utilizing that myself and for future clients, too. Um, and then would you mind sharing just some of the most um, – most common points that you see for people during the postpartum period. I know that everybody has different needs during 
every point of their, in general or during their pregnancy or after. Um, but just like you shared the ones that you saw most often during pregnancy, can you share some of the ones that you see most often during postpartum? Yes. Okay. So both of the, or actually all three of those, but particularly that stomach 36 and the pericardium six, I would absolutely use through postpartum too. Um, spleen six is found on the lower leg, on the inner leg above the inner, um, ankle bone. That's a really great one for regulating hormones. It's also called the, it's, uh, English translation name is the three leg yin. And so it helps support and nurture the three yin channels of the leg, which are the liver channel, the kidney channel, and the spleen channel. And together, those all go through the uterus, so it helps to recover. And they also have important functions in supporting um, reproduction, growth and development, and um, for bringing blood and healing that area. So I absolutely recommend spleen six. Also, as a one-off function, it also helps with um, after pains. So. Oh, okay. What I notice is as uh, a second time mom, I never noticed that my uterus experienced cramping postpartum, but subsequent pregnancies, every time you have another pregnancy, those pains are worse. Yes. So um, in my second pregnancy or second postpartum, it was really unpleasant. And honestly, I thought, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to have more kids just because I don't want to do this again. <laughs> I don't want to do thought, this again. Yeah, I thought labor was okay, but this was not so pleasant. It actually, it, I think it had more to do with my expectation than anything. Right. Um, I knew that it happened, but to experience it, I thought, oh, this is not as in, so, you know, in um, consequential as I thought. It's pretty unpleasant. So, <laughs> um, so that can help with that. I would recommend holding that point either before you breastfeed or during breastfeeding if you can get somebody to do it for you yeah. to help relieve the pain of after pains. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes people some people don't experience them as intensely and then some people experience them very intensely. And like you mm. said with each pregnancy it, it can get more intense. Um, yeah. So it's always interesting because everybody's so different. That's why I love hearing what the most common things that you see are and then obviously yeah. with each person you are doing different points that are going to help them specifically. Absolutely. The other thing that I love to do postpartum and in the world that we're in now in this um, Corona time yeah. uh, where people are home, I've started to get into sending care packages for postpartum as opposed to seeing them in the clinic. Okay. And one of the things that I find really pleasant to do at home, but also very effective is what's called mother warming. Okay. And I send them a moxa pole. It looks like a cigar and it has a, an herb that helps with healing and it's warming. Mm -hmm. And you light that and you just wave it about a, an inch or two away from the skin on the lower abdomen. And you can go up and down like belly button to pubic bone mm -hmm. or um, left to right, like hip to hip and do that about 10 minutes a day to help warm the uterus and help it gently contract back to its original wow. 
kind of settings. <laughs> so cool. Um, yeah, it's really nice. It feels like a nice thing to do for yourself or have somebody do for you. Yeah. And I mean, that's the other part of postpartum too, is that you need to be nourishing yourself and nourishing your body, which is obviously easier said yes, than done. Absolutely. Easier said than done in general, but um, also depends on if you have to go to work and all your lifestyle, um, all the different lifestyle, I guess. Right. Way that ways that people follow, choose to follow, choose to live or have to live in, toward, in terms of work and that sort of thing. Um, I also, too, I wanted to see if you could tell us about the um, salve that you have, the different salves that you that you have for that you've created. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two now. The first one I created, um, which I wish I had had when I was um, pregnant, but it only came to me when my sister had a C-section. And so I made a, a salve that originally was intended for um, C-section healing, mm-hmm. but it works equally well for perineal tear- tearing yep. and healing. So you can use both of those as soon as you're comfortable using them. Um, they are all made from herbs. So it's a an herbal... Um, so the process of making this is you have an oil, Mm-hmm. And then you put the raw herbs into this oil for six to eight weeks. And then you strain off the um, herbs. And then you're left with this um, herb infused oil that I add to things like beeswax to help it solidify. So you have more of a, a salve that you can apply. Mm-hmm. And all the herbs in that and everything like the beeswax and the oil, everything that can be organic is organic. They're all safe to be used um, on, on this, you know, wound healing. Mm -hmm. So I also use them on my kids a lot. This particular, my birth bomb, I use on the kids to help with dry skin. Um, my five month old is teething right now and his skin gets really inflamed around his cheeks Mm -hmm. and it gets dry from all of the extra drool. So I apply that daily on him and it is, really miraculous to see it heal the baby skin. Yeah. Um, we don't see our, you know, our perineal healing, right. but you can tell it's healing. I was going to say. Um, but I, they're just so gentle. Yeah. I used the birth balm when, because it had, you had just, I think you had just finished making them a little bit before yeah. I had my daughter. And so I used it and it was a game changer. As soon as I, as soon as I felt like I was comfortable enough to use it, then I started using it and it just made the biggest difference. And I, like you said, I've been using it for little things here and there with Tallulah, um, because I know that there's all safe ingredients and things that are going to help her and her body heal and not putting any crazy chemicals and that sort of thing on her. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I wanted to strike a balance between it being gentle and safe and also effective. Yeah. And I think we've done that really well. I'm really excited about that product. And then more recently, um, I was talking with my pelvic floor PT when I was pregnant and she recommended a salve for, um, for dryness postpartum, vaginal dryness. Mm-hmm. And so she said, or maybe I suggested that I, you know, I could make something like this because as an herbalist, I have a lot of experience in making these things. Right. And so I designed my own to see if I could make something that's as effective. And, and I loved having that postpartum. So I made it while I was still pregnant so I could use it postpartum. Yeah. And I find that, um, the, the demand for it really blew my mind. Actually, I was thinking about it for postpartum because, 
with this hormonal shift that we experience, and then also um, nursing can diminish the the like sort of moisture in your body, yes, and the lubrication in your body that in Chinese medicine we call yin. So really, this salve that I made is a yin boosting or um, just a moistening and uh, very hormonal supportive formula mm-hmm. in addition to being like a local um, lubricating agent. Yeah. I actually, I meant to ask you, I need to get some for myself <laughs> now yeah. that you have it. It's just, a, it you know, even if you find that dryness isn't a problem for you because of the hormone balancing effect that it has, it helps people to feel better sooner. Like I had um, night sweats and um, just like I, probably this is TMI, but like, you know, you have body odor is changes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, um, I started using that and within 24 hours, things completely changed. And then I went on vacation and forgot to bring it with me and it all came back and I was like, <laughs> I've got to get that stuff. I got to get using that again. Well, I can so, relate to that. Cause that definitely, I was asked, I was actually like asking some of my friends who have babies. I was like, did your body odor change significantly? Mm-hmm. Because mine did. And, um, I've always, I started using all these natural deodorants a couple years ago and finding one that actually works. And then now I'm like, Oh my God, am I just a smelly person? (laughs) But I realized it has to do all with all the hormones and everything that happens during the postpartum period. Yeah, absolutely. There's this, your body's trying to rebalance, you know? So, um, yeah. So like sweating or a change in, scent or things like that is just your body's way of recalibrating or trying to figure it out. Right. And so some assistance from something like a salve or acupuncture or, um, or herbs sometimes can be really helpful, you know, to do internal herbs. Yeah. Uh, And when I say internal, I meant like, um, like an herbal formula that you drink. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so I'm so excited and so happy that you came on to talk to all, tell all, all of our listeners about all of these resources. And I'm so thankful for the work that you do because there are so many people who need this. They desperately need it. They want to learn more. And having you on here is not only providing other people with knowledge, but it also gives people the opportunity to reach out to you and to come see you and be one of your clients. So thank you um, for coming on. And I can't wait for your program to come out. Um, So when you, do you have the launch date for that yet? Or are you still trying to figure it out? Still trying to figure it out. My goal is, you know, circling something like the 13th of April. Okay. Um, So yeah, we will. Or maybe um, 13th, 14th. 15, something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, something in that week, I'm hoping to get it out. So gotcha. I will, I'm going to share everything, all of your information with everybody. Um, but could you tell, um, where people, where they could find you, whether it's an email or your Instagram or your website, any of those things, could you share that with the listeners, please? Yeah. So my website is www.intuitionwellness.com. And the email is hello at intuitionwellness.com. Awesome. Those are the best ways to reach me. Also, a lot of that information that you were talking about um, can be accessed on Instagram. I'm always posting new information. Uh, I love feedback from people. So if there's ever something that somebody has a question about, you can direct message me, and I would love to do a post on that. I love 
knowing what people are interested in learning more about and sharing that information. Yeah. Um, and I always want to remind listeners on the podcast that if they ever have any questions or things that they want to be addressed on the podcast, whether it's reaching out to me, whether it's reaching out to you now that they know all about you and all of the expertise that you have, um, please feel free to do that with us. Um, but yeah, I just, I wanted to see if there was one last thing that you wanted to leave listeners with before we end this episode. Yes. So are you thinking about like from a recommendation perspective or information? What do you have in mind? Either one, whether it's advice or a resource information, whichever you feel like more drawn to. Well, I do want to say that um, I created this recent program on pregnancy acupressure because I am feeling like as I'm only one person and I have a limited availability in my my clinic schedule. Right. And so trying to find new ways to be accessible and provide this information has been a passion project of mine. So the program, um, this acupressure pregnancy program has been a really fun way to do that. I'm also planning to roll out one for fertility eventually. Oh, okay. And um, the pregnancy program will eventually include, or if you wanted to buy the um, multi-level program, which would be pregnancy, preparing for labor, and postpartum in one, Mm -hmm. I plan to roll that out. For anyone who's interested in getting started with the pregnancy program, I highly recommend that. And then I'm happy to um, work on throwing in the other ones later. I want to make sure that you're getting what you need now and getting what you need as you need it. Okay. That's awesome. I also, uh, the, sorry, the last thing no, I want okay. to say is that I'm doing online consultations because I'm finding that there's so much information um, beyond just the acupuncture that I provide in the clinic that benefits women. The more feedback I get, the, my gosh, what you shared about um, guided meditations with me really transform my experience in my pregnancy. So um, doing things like that with our virtual appointments where we do guided meditations, acupressure, we talk about lifestyle and diet, and with the postpartum, I'm sending the um, care packages so that people have the salves, the mother warming tools, and we can go through those in a consultation on how to use them. You just have so much to offer, and all of these things are so, so important that I'm just, I'm, the work you do is amazing. And thank you for doing what you do because we, people need it. We need it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I'm um, just so passionate about providing and bringing it to the people. So um, thank you for sharing this information so that it can get to the people who need it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, I just wanted again to say thank you for coming on and um, listeners, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Like I said before, if you have any questions for myself or Allie, please feel free to reach out. We are here to help um, and we will talk to you guys all next week.